Welcome to Geocaching Scripture. Thanks for tuning in to the strolling studio of No Fixed Address. This is Josh coming at you with another short geocache today. I've been sick this week, so everything is delayed a little bit. It's not the vid, though. I took a test. So anyway, I'm here, and we're going to geocache. So geocaching, again, is this rarefied sport hobby of finding these little geocaches. On a hike or a walk that may be familiar, you look them up on the app, they give you the coordinates, you chase them down, you sign the log to say that you found one, and it's a lot of fun. And my family and I love to do it. We found them in an old airfield. Uh, we found them in one of those uh, public library things. Uh, you know that little house on stilts that has a bunch of like throwaway books in it? Um, I found one inside of a statue once. Anyway... They bring a lot of dimension back into something that may be familiar. And these little geocaches of scripture that I've found are these little treasures of, of language, culture, timing, all sorts of different things um, that sort of bring out some of the dimension and beauty of the scripture that's already there. It's gotten pretty familiar to me. And I've grown up in the church, and I'm like a ninth-generation evangelical. And uh, I've, I've gotten... A little bit of the case of the yeah, yeah, yeahs, which really doesn't work. So anyway, I'm in the strolling studio today, uh, hiding out in the living room of all things, and uh, trying my best to hide from my kids, um, who are very active and exciting and much more interesting than me. So I hide from them, and I make my podcast. So thanks for listening to it. So today, um, let's look at an image from John chapter 20. Uh, John is my favorite of the gospel. It was the last gospel written. Um, Mark was the first one written, and then John is the last one written. I'm actually not sure uh, what order the other ones come in. Probably somebody smarter than me can tell me. My guess is it's it's Mark, Matthew, Luke, and then we get to John. Um, so John has the most like commentary. It has some of the most developed theology, um, and there's a lot of other. I mean, and then there's obviously a historical paper trail on it being published probably in like the 90s at some point when John was at Patmos Island. Um, and he was, you know, his community probably put it out. Probably there was a Johannine church of some type that put it out and uh, and the Revelation as well. And 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, there's a whole bunch of different work that John did. But it's my favorite of the Gospels, I think because he's the most like mystical and odd. And I have a soft spot for people who are mystical and odd because I consider myself well within their number um maybe more odd than anything else um so i always appreciate him and i, I love the way he sort of slowly describes things and what we'll do is we'll pick up here in john chapter 20 and verse 12 this is mary seeing jesus when he is resurrected um already the setting for that is kind of weird but i'm gonna go ahead and read it to you but mary stood weeping outside the tomb and as she wept, she stooped to look inside the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not where, know where they have laid him. And we know that the touching story that follows um, of Jesus being mistaken for the gardener and then revealing himself to her by saying her name, which is... Ugh. Just gorgeous. I just love the imagery there, the the powerful 
emotional bond that Jesus has with this, with this very troubled woman. Um, we don't know a lot about her exactly. There's some characters that seem to be her at places in Scripture and the Gospels, but we don't know. Like, the only thing we can really verify is that she was in Jesus's kind of entourage and that Jesus had cast seven demons out of her. So it means a very, very troubled person. Um, and Jesus takes time to be to first reveal himself to her before anyone else, in at least in the book of John. So these are his, his early um, revelations to people. So he chooses somebody who's really troubled and an outsider as the first person he reveals himself to. But I want to zero in on is the description of the angels here in verse 12. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. Now, this is a really interesting description here. And if you're in the advanced class, you may have um, put it together already where this kind of harkens back to. Exodus 25 and verse 17. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length and a cubit and a half its breadth. And you shall make two cherubim out of gold of hammered work. Shall you make them on two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the one end and one cherub on the other. Of one piece with the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on its ends. The cherubim shall spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces, one to another, toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. And there I will meet you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are on the ark of testimony, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in the commandment for the people of Israel. So that is the description of how they set up the Holy of Holies and how they set up the Ark of the Covenant. Within the Holy of Holies was what was called, yeah, the Ark of the Covenant. Above that, the mercy seat. Above the mercy seat were these two angels sitting one at the head and one at the foot. See that? See that? John is picking up on a well-known image of the Holy of Holies where the people of Israel met with God through the centuries. And you had that one high priest who would go into the Holy of Holies after, after years of rituals and preparation to go into the Holy of Holies and would be struck dead if he was not there and prepared in the right way and did not go within the right spirit and the right rituals and everything else into the Holy of Holies. So it was a scary place. It was also the place where they met God and God met them. This is the place where God led Israel from, the mercy seat, where God's presence was there speaking to them about what was going on. Do you see how John picked up on the image here? One angel at the head, one angel at the feet. This is that image again and what has changed the person who is allowed within the Holy of Holies, which is the empty tomb, is an outsider and an exile and a woman who had no power and no clout in that society, who was not somebody of influence, not somebody you want to connect with. She was part of the bottom. She was part of the outside. She was part of the fringe. And that is what changed. One of many things that changed. What's fascinating, too, is that the angels are sitting there, but God is gone. 
God is gone. Jesus is gone. He has moved on. This is a new thing, a new paradigm, a new change. God's relationship with, with humanity hasn't been revised. It has been fulfilled. It has been resurrected. And now we don't go to the Holy of Holies anymore. We don't put the blood on the altar anymore. And we don't cower there in fear and hope at the same time. Absolutely. But fear that we will be damaged or hurt by that holiness. Jesus has covered all of that and all those sacrifices and all that blood and all that time was to come to this moment where somebody from the fringe, somebody from the outside was allowed into the holiest of holies. And that's good news. That's good news. And when she turns around to see the gardener and the big joke of the gardener, right? 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 You have Adam and Eve in the garden, in the cool of the evening, hiding themselves. Then you have Jesus in a garden again in the morning, hiding himself as a joke and coming out to see her and say her name. Listen for your name on his lips today. He will continue to address you and meet you in the garden. Pax Humana. Cheers. <laughs>